0: Online dating is a treacherous universe. And I'm not talking about all the creeps and weirdos. Believe me, I know there's a lot of them, but that's another episode. It's episode seven, Pickup Artist. I'm referring to the scams. Dating websites are probably most notorious for the various scams that plague their users. So when I found out a friend of a friend was running one of these things, operated
1: a minor dating app scam,
0: I thought to myself, Wait a second, I have a podcast about stuff like this. I'm Ori Kagan. You're listening to Things You Don't Need to Know. And this episode is all about dating app scams. I am a big fan of online dating. I've met a lot of cool people through those services. And nearly everyone I know who's currently in a relationship, no matter how young or old, just starting or happily married, met using such websites. I think over the last few years, the general perception of dating apps has changed. It went from very odd to seemingly normal. My mom met her boyfriend on a dating app, and my grandma met her husband on one as well. I'm not gonna get into the psychology of it all and how you can become desensitized to any meaningful connection, but I'll admit, they're kinda strange. They're like a video game. You swipe and swipe until you find someone who's swiped on you, or you can pay the company a small fee and they'll tell you everyone who's interested. It's a genius business model, and it's no coincidence that Tinder alone has attracted 57 million active users. But just how many of these users are who they claim to be? About two months ago, you know, when people weren't in lockdown anymore, assuming we're not going into another one, which looks more and more likely every day, a bunch of my friends and I got together for dinner. I cooked, of course. I consider myself to be a pretty good chef. Everyone enjoyed it. It was a great meal that I cooked. You know, we're talking. We're talking about the things that we did over the pandemic, the things we did in isolation. Some people had started businesses. Others were complaining about working at home. Well, simultaneously saying they didn't want to go back to the office. And my friend Max Caesar had been training to become a professional soccer player. But as the night went along, we got to the more interesting stuff. And somehow it slipped out that a friend of a friend had operated an online dating scam. Naturally... I was incredibly curious, and I spent the next few months trying to convince them to come on my show. When they finally agreed, they had a few terms and conditions. It had to be in person, and I had to use as much voice distortion as humanly possible. Which is kind of annoying, because at parts they're pretty hard to understand. So I hopped on the 456 Uptown and arrived at a small, one-bedroom apartment on the Upper East Side. The place hardly looked like anyone lived there, or at least didn't look like its inhabitants religiously watched Architectural Digest videos. We ended up sitting down at a white wooden table with swivelly office chairs. So, I guess my first question, I like to start every every interview with this. Who are you? Give yourself a little introduction. Uh, I'm a
1: guy that at one point in my life operated a minor dating app scam.
0: We'll call him... Mr. X. Mostly because it sounds cool, but also because he told me I couldn't use his real name.
1: I just knew I could do it. I just knew I had the skills needed
0: to do it. We'll get into the intricacies of this specific scheme in a couple minutes, but first I wanted to take a look at some of the many other scams that optimistic lovers have fallen victim to. I feel like a great place to start is MTV's Catfish.
1: Hi, I'm Neve. A couple years ago,
0: I fell in love online. Turns out my crush wasn't who I thought she was. To make a long story short, Neve was inspired by this and ended up making a TV show about investigating similar romance scams. He finds the catfish, he confronts them. It's awesome. This show is for a lot of people what I think comes to mind when you think of catfishing. And there's a really good reason for that. Catfishing was added to the dictionary following Neve's 2010 film, Catfish. You know, the movie the show was inspired by. Apparently he thought of the name after hearing of an early 20th century myth that fishermen shipped catfish with cod to keep the cod active. The connection being catfish make the cod better, like someone posing as someone else. What I find interesting is that it doesn't have anything to do with email phishing, P-H, which involves sending fake emails to trick people into sending you their personal information. Anyway, catfishing essentially involves someone creating a fake persona, which they then try to pass along for some type of monetary gain. When it doesn't involve money, it usually has to do with the catfish's view of themselves. Maybe they don't like their appearance or where they're at in their life. Sometimes it's a weird revenge plot. I'm not going to try to make sense of why people decide catfishing is what they want to pursue in their free time or as a job, but I am going to tell you how it works. What we're about to go over is the basics of regular catfishing. It's a little bit different than Mr. X's scam, which, once again, we'll get to soon. The first element found in all catfish schemes is some type of fake persona. A name, an age, a life story. This is usually accompanied by pictures. People on Quora recommend, and I quote, using pictures that aren't at the top of Google search because they can be found easily, unquote. This is the most important part of the process. The more real the fake persona seems, the better. This can be achieved through various online profiles, adding lots of friends, and staying active on every major website. Once you've done this, it's time to find a victim. With all the dating websites these days, it's relatively easy, and it's there where the real game begins. You've created an alias, and now you need to be the alias. Converse with your marks frequently. Share intimate stories. And if they ask why you can't use FaceTime, tell them you don't have an iPhone 4. You got one. You didn't like it and you took it back. All jokes aside, most catfish claim to be military personnel, oil rig workers, or international diamond dealers on the run from rival gem traders. It's jobs that require them to be in exotic locations or all over the world on a moment's notice. This makes you, for one reason or another, unable to meet up with this person, or, for example, you're on an oil rig in the middle of the ocean and you don't have good enough internet to do a live video chat. After a few months, you should have them hook, line, and sinker, and from there, the possibilities are endless. Use your new online friend for everything from casual conversation to paying your rent. If you still haven't gotten the idea yet, Marion Webster probably put it best when she said, Catfishing is the process of luring someone into a relationship by means of a fictional online persona. Some more elaborate romance scams involve actually meeting up. Like this one guy, Shimon Hayut, an Israeli con man who posed as a billionaire's son and took his dates on private jets, visited luxury hotels, and ate at five-star restaurants. His scheme was a bit of a revolving Ponzi ordeal in which he would fund his luxury lifestyle and his future endeavors by telling the current women he was seeing that he needed to use their credit cards for his own security. This is the guy who claimed to be on the run from fellow businessmen. He would then use that money to keep up the charade. It's a wild scam that's been picked up by Netflix for a documentary apparently called The Tinder Swindler, and is a good example of just how far catfishing can go. When we return, we hear from Mr. X about how he survived the pandemic using a scam of his own. Welcome back to 15 to 25 Minutes. I'm Ari Kagan. At the beginning of this episode, we teased a mysterious Mr. X and his involvement in a potential romance scam. I followed him to his Upper East Side apartment where he said it all started as a way to pay rent during the pandemic. Did you operate any scams prior to this? No,
1: no, never. So that was my my intro to it. I definitely am not the most like morally sound person, but given the circumstances of what was going on, I, I felt justified.
0: He first thought of it while scrolling dating apps himself.
1: Just naturally being on dating apps, I would seen it a lot, the scam profiles, and I noticed a huge increase in them when COVID had started.
0: 2020 saw explosive growth for most online dating services. Some of these new users were opportunists.
1: So I think it really just started as like, curiosity. It was really just like, does this shit actually work? And uh, it does.
0: To show me just how many fake profiles there were, he asked me to pull out my phone and look through my Tinder. All right, here you go.
1: Yeah, let's see what we got here. Helena. Oh, she's fucking 3,600 miles away, so I'll save you that. Visiting NYC in a few verified profile. Mm, not good looking enough to be a fake. Is that a
0: catfish?
1: Yeah, I mean, if it's not fake, then I don't know what the fuck the purpose of it is.
0: Okay, wow. So that was like four swipes. That's unbelievable. We found someone in four swipes that's not... How do you know they're not real?
1: Oh, well, first, it's it's supposed to be quoting Kanye West, champion. He's referring to the bio here. Did you realize that you were a champion? So they got the lyrics wrong, I'm guessing.
0: Okay, this is me editing everything. Not being a big music person, I didn't catch this. I'm going to play a clip of the song. Am I missing something here? Like, I just don't understand. I feel like I'm going crazy. Let me, let me play it all for you again.
1: Did you, realize that you were a champion? Did you realize
0: that you were a champion? I've listened to this like 15 times. It's the same. There was no mistake in the bio. I know this is probably the strangest tangent I've ever gone on, but I just had to bring it up.
1: Then the next line says, I don't really use this app. Hit me up on Snap, but look at what they
0: did with the letters. They used emojis so Tinder's algorithm wouldn't pick up the fact that they were promoting their Snapchat.
1: On Tinder, you're you're not allowed to put your Snapchat in your bio. Also, just look at the photos. Like, look at the person.
0: The photos on this profile definitely looked like they'd been edited, but not in Photoshop. More like just Instagram filters.
1: This is how you know it's fake.
0: Despite his relative certainty that that profile was fake. Like 99% fake, I think. I'm not entirely convinced. Yeah, the shameless Snapchat advertisement is a little bit of a red flag, but... Looking like an extra from Jersey Shore doesn't make you a catfish. I think if there's anything we take from that ridiculously long tangent, it's that if you're a scammer, you're really suspicious that everyone else is a scammer. So, what did you do exactly?
1: I just built multiple profiles based off of uh, girls that I would find on Pornhub,
0: like full blown
1: porn actresses that had their own Pornhub verified profiles.
0: He would then make sure he had photos of them with clothing on and off
1: only qualification of the photos had to be clear.
0: Next up was writing a bio.
1: I just would put like a short and sweet bio, something goofy. I always try to paint the picture of like a goofy, whimsical girl who's just like, you know, I lose my keys a lot and my favorite color is blackish. I never put a lot of fun into it.
0: Now that we're 11 minutes into this episode, I think it's time you learn what the scam is. He's selling photos. He's selling photos that you can find on plain old surface web Google. If you knew
1: how to use reverse image search on Google or TinyEye, you could very easily realize that I was not who I said I was.
0: The scheme revolved around the customers thinking they were buying photos from the person in the photos. So all Mr. X had to do was make it seem like he was that person.
1: A lot of the work was done through the conversations, not really profile.
0: There was also a certain technique to picking potential customers.
1: I would stay away from guys that looked like they were looking for a relationship. Just be a waste of time. He
0: instead opted for people with dirty things in their bios or thirst trap photos.
1: You know, and I also figured that those people would be shallow. Most of the time, like, I was pretty right. I feel like when I'd start talking to somebody from the jump, I'd be like, yeah, I'm gonna get this guy.
0: He would always let them start the conversation. What kind of opening messages did you get?
1: It was mostly just like pretty crude shit. I'll be honest with you, I did not feel remorseful whatsoever taking money from these people. They said some pretty, they would say some pretty fucking weird shit sometimes.
0: I wanted to back up for a second to explore the fact that Mr. X doesn't go after people looking for relationships. This differs from the more traditional catfishing scheme where the target is generally someone looking for love. Hi, Mom. Hi. So you met your boyfriend on an online dating app website, correct?
2: That is correct.
0: And he is, in fact, a legitimate person who I've met. He's a very nice guy. That's true. But before you met him, I remember you talked about a lot of fake people.
2: In the beginning, I didn't get it because I was so naive. And then I realized that, you know, they knew more than I wanted them to know. And then their personalities seemed to change and they couldn't really meet you. It was horrible. And then I got so frightened, I closed everything down. I had somebody come over and help me just close everything down. But you were never scammed, right? No, I wasn't scammed because I got off before that happened. Though I know people who have been scammed and whose mothers, older women, have given tons of money.
0: If you go to r slash catfish on Reddit, you'll find countless other stories of people whose parents or grandparents have been roped into a similar kind of scheme.
2: I have a friend that actually said to me that in his country, people sit around and that's what they do. They basically entice older women to send them money because they're in distress and that they're going to come and
0: visit them. Stories like those are heartbreaking. These types of scams are, in my opinion, the worst type of scam imaginable. You're breaking someone's heart to make a quick buck. It's manipulative and it preys on people's vulnerabilities. Mr. X's operation did have some things in common with these scams. He's deceiving people and using stolen photos, but there are some other major differences that make what he did not quite as bad. How did you sell people on your products? I would be very
1: upfront from the jump. Like, listen, just trying to sell some pictures. I, I'm not looking for anything. So most of the conversations would just be like, if you're down for that, yay or nay, you know? And then if you are, cool. And if you're not, then keep it moving.
0: And what would happen then?
1: These were pretty upfront. They'd be like, oh, that's dope. Yeah, I'm down with that. They'd just be like, oh, I'm not interested, sorry.
0: Whenever someone asked him if he was real, he would send them a red bubble Snapchat, which signifies it was taken within the Snapchat app.
1: Be like, oh yeah, send me photo from your camera reel so I could get a red like a red bubble or something, you know, red stamp.
0: The only thing is he had a jailbroken phone, so every photo would show up as a red bubble.
1: And then after that, just going over prices.
0: He would charge between twenty and fifty dollars for photos. And although it might seem like pretty small amounts, it definitely adds up.
1: I think my best day was like twelve
0: hundred bucks. Holy shit, okay, wow. That's a month of my rent in one evening. So that's not a small amount of money. Do you feel any remorse?
1: Not at all. No. Not in the slightest bit. Because, again, I just, it wasn't like I was reaching my hand into, the, like, a, a charity thing. They were aware of what they were getting into, at least in the sense of I'm um, just sketchily buying photos off an unverified dating app, dating profile. Not to mention my Snapchat account. The score was, like, 100.
0: So, why did you stop?
1: Um, Honestly, mentally, it wore on me not coming from, like, a life of, like, real crime. I just don't have, like, the the stones for it, as they would say. So, like, any I heard a siren, I would, like, fucking look over my shoulder. I just became very paranoid.
0: The act of catfishing itself is not a crime, but it's often a step towards illegal activities. And if it does take that step, and it eventually becomes fraud, even then it's very difficult for authorities to catch which is why it's very important to recognize the signs that you may be involved in a catfishing scheme.
1: Sometimes if something is too good to be true, chances are it is.
0: The FTC recommends not sending money or gifts to someone you've never met, asking questions and looking for inconsistent answers, doing reverse image searches on profile pictures. If they come up under a different name, it's likely a scam. And lastly, talking to someone you trust about your love interests. Pay attention to potential concerns because it can be easy to miss things yourself.
1: You have to sometimes take a step back and just look at it and be like, does this make sense? Does this scenario make sense? Because if the people that I scammed had just asked themselves that, they would have not gotten
0: scammed. Catfishes are everywhere. It's a $300 million industry that's grown almost 50% in the last year. So watch the fuck out. And as always, thanks for listening. Things You Don't Need to Know is a Hyper Object and 3 Uncanny 4 production. The show is written and edited by me, Ari Kagan, and produced by Harry Nelson and also me. Additional help from Shane McKeon and Nuna Sharafidine. Our executive producers are Adam McKay and Laura Mayer. The show is mixed by Nice Manners. If you like Things You Don't Need to Know, head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts and hit subscribe. Lastly, if you could leave a review, it's probably the best way to help the show out, so I'd really appreciate it. And with that being said,